0: Welcome to No One Is Safe, a podcast about books, life, and where the truth can be stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Elizabeth Scazzari. Welcome to No One Is Safe, a podcast about books, writing, reading, living some kind of chaos-induced or chaos-filled life. My name is Elizabeth Skazari, I am your host, and I will be going on this journey with you while you are going on this journey with me. You can learn more about me or check out some of the things that I have written on elizabethskazari.com. You can also check out my Instagram page, at Author, where I have some book reviews as well as some just general book content. But most importantly, the reason we are all here, or at least I am here is to tell you the story of my solo trip to England. This podcast episode is taking place in October, right before I made one of the biggest changes to my life. We're going to talk more about those changes in the November and the December episodes. But right now, where I'm at in life in October of 2022, I had been on this ongoing up and down roller coaster with my boyfriend at the time. I was finally finally getting to go to England. I had wanted to go since I was a small child. It was my trip. It was the trip of a lifetime. I had booked it twice before to two different parts. One was in college and the other one was, I want to say maybe like 2019, 2018. And it just didn't happen. Both times my trip fell through. So it became kind of like a unicorn trip. But I had sold my condo in 2020. Actually, by the time Owens I was done, it was 2021. But I had sold my condo to buy a house with my boyfriend at the time. Spoiler alert, we are no longer together and I no longer own a house. Uh, But at the time, I was selling my condo to buy this house. And I had like just enough money left over after the deposit, um, or at least after my portion of the down payment my natural inclination was to be responsible. And I said, you know what? I've always wanted to turn 30 ever since I was a small child because it's my super special birthday. But even more so, the age I was most looking forward to was 32. So I said, screw it. I am taking this bit of money. I am buying a plane ticket to England that is both refundable, business class, like the whole enchilada. I was making it so that if they had shut the world down, for pandemic reasons yet again i would have this plane ticket until my death or the death of the airline and i did it i splurged i went it was so cool i've never felt so fancy i actually was so out of my element that the the flight there i did not fully embrace the perks of first class business class whatever class i was in i had my own private little cubicle and they handed me champagne in a real glass and then when they handed me a drink, I got a gin drink on the on the flight home, and that was in a real hefty glass as well. It was very fascinating. I got real silverware. It was real metal. Anywho, so I finally get to fly out there. I wanted to specifically go to Castle Combe, which is a tiny little town. It's at the bottom of the Cotswolds. It's adjacent to Bath. It is gorgeous, and beautiful. And everyone I met was like, you're spending a whole week here? And I was like, yep. There was hiking. There was quiet and peace and calm. There was no grocery store. I made very good friends with the people at the one in pub. It wasn't really a pub. It was an inn because I went there for lunch and then ordered a ton of food to last me the entire week. I went there twice or three times. So Castle Combe is this quaint, beautiful little town. Actually, I know it's Dr. Doolittle. I think it's the original one. There's a shot of the street, and it's all cobblestones. That's Castle Combe, and that's pretty much what it's known for is being in movies and also having two really old churches, but I had wanted to go somewhere where you could walk down the street and buy someone's homemade baked goods. And I did. I bought a brownie from a woman who set up this little shop outside of her house. It was a stand with all of her pastries. There was a bucket. You put the money in her front door or in the bucket. If you needed change, you could put it in the front door and knock. It was amazing. The views, the smell of grass. I went on a hike. I went on several, actually, because I have this really hard time following a path, whether it's a path of notes or the shortest way to tell a story, or if it's a trail, I tend to get distracted. And so there was this one walking tour that my mom had printed out for me, and you could see like seven different churches, and they were all really old and really beautiful. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. I love to hike. I love to walk. Great. I tried every day that I was in Castle Combe to successfully finish this one hike, this one walk, this one trail. It was one trail, and I couldn't get it to the point where the one day I walked like 13 miles and was so far out of any kind of path, I had to wait till I found a street that had a sign that said Castlecombe that way and just turned around and followed that street sign until I found something that looked oddly familiar, which it wasn't. But continued forward and eventually found the town. But it was supposed to be, I think, a seven-mile walk altogether. My adventure was 13 miles because I ventured out into fields. And so I'm walking. At this point, I've become very acquainted with the fact that you just open a gate, walk through someone's, not their lawn, it's not their yard, it's their property. But it's usually tucked back to the side and you can see the path where everyone has walked before you. And it's just in this person's, again, it's on their property. So I'm accustomed to this. The only one I didn't do was go through the one that looks like I was going to be letting cows out. But now I'm going, I'm walking, I'm navigating. And there are flocks, flocks of sheep on both sides of this path. I was born in Connecticut, lived there till I was two, moved to New Jersey. And I'm not going to say I'm a Jersey girl, but I'm a girl who's lived in New Jersey At this point of this story, 30 years of my life, I have never strolled up to a flock of sheep. There are wild sheep on both sides of the path, and maybe it's silly to call them wild, but again, the only time I saw sheep was in a petting zoo, and they were all broken down emotionally. They were sad and lonely, and maybe they were happy because they had friends, but they weren't wild. They were domesticated. And I don't know about everybody else, but I'm the kind of person, or maybe I'm an animal or a chaos demon. I don't know. Chaos seems to be a theme today. Chaos is always a theme in my life. But anywho, I don't do well domesticated. I can't imagine that sheep also want to be domesticated. But anyway, I walked up to a field of wild sheep. And so I'm all nervous. I had to give myself a pep talk. The entire walk across, I said, I channeled my mom. I needed my mama. So... I walked across the field and I said to myself, the Lord is my shepherd. These sheep will not hurt me. (laughs) And I said it the entire walk across the field. The Lord is my shepherd. These sheep will not hurt me. The Lord is my shepherd. These sheep will not hurt me. I get to the end of this field and I kind of hear something in like the distance. Because again, I was on a hill. It was a vast field. There were sheep everywhere. There was maybe like a small clump of trees and a dirt path. And so there's not like a lot of noise or or anything. Even the sheep were being quiet because apparently like half of them were laying down. Apparently it was afternoon nap time. Here I am still terrified. I turn around. There is a man just running. Just running. He runs through the entire flock of sheep like nobody's business doesn't bat an eye doesn't blink nothing meanwhile I'm trying to still get at this point I'm still trying to get up the nerve to go through the sheep and I watched him and this motherfucker just ran through these sheep like it was his everyday life probably because it was so that's when I did it I was like okay he just ran through them no one seemed to move I can do this it's all gonna be okay I went through them it was all okay That was not the only highlight from England, but it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, Again, especially for someone who grew up in New Jersey and only saw sheep in petting zoos. The other thing I did while I was there, in addition to walking through the wilderness and getting lost every single day and eating at the same time, Taverny in type place and making friends with the waitstaff there, who, by the way, were absolutely amazing. The one girl I had, and like the one little kid I had, and the one like everyone, I just, everyone was amazing. And the food was really good. I had a scotch drag for the first time, not necessarily a fan. However, I would try one again. So, in addition to doing this, I went to a small town nearby. I don't remember how to pronounce it off the top of my head, but it's something that sounds like Chippendale, even though it's not Chippendale, Chippenhaven, uh, something to that effect. And my bus driver, Jimmy, still not sure if Jimmy's his real name, but I've decided that it is. I didn't know what to do. And when I have to pronounce words or names, especially on a bus, I don't know why it's buses, but when it comes to getting a bus ticket, I get very nervous, especially if I don't know how to pronounce the name. Of the place I'm going, like this is not Harry Potter. This is not traveling through the fireplace. Like you don't need to pronounce, pronounce, thi- pronounce things. You don't need to pronounce things perfectly to get there. But I still low key panic. So I handed him. I essentially just tried to hand him my money and get on the bus. And he asked me where I was going, and I like Chippen-hagen, Chippenham, and I like stuttered, and he was like, "I got this. Don't worry." He gave me. He gave me instructions like go sit. You'll be fine. I'll tell you when you're getting off the bus. So I go to get off the bus and he says to me, meet me here at 4.30. Your time on your phone, 4.30. Meet me here. I will be the bus driver. I will take you back to Castlecombe." And I wanted to hug this man. I, we got to talking when it was just the two of us on the bus back to Castlecombe, and he had two daughters that were just a hair younger than I was. We talked about what do you mean you just are in England by yourself? Well, I'm taking a solo trip and what do you mean? Well, I take a solo trip every year and oh my god, that's amazing. I would be so nervous if my daughters did that, but I wish my daughters would do that. And so every year I take a solo trip by my obviously by myself and I go see one place. I've been to Costa Rica, I've been to Austin, Texas, I've been to Washington State, I've been to Canada. So I've, I've gotten to see some really cool places. I intend to keep seeing more places. England is the furthest I went without anyone around. Uh, typically, I know you're not supposed to announce that you're on a solo trip, but Jimmy and I hit it off. I felt safe with him, so I let him know that I was there alone. Which, again, safety tip while traveling. Don't tell people that. Do as I suggest, not as I actually do. But anywho, so he got me back to Castle Combe. Before he got me back, I got to walk through this town, and it was this really cute, like out of a Hallmark movie almost, street with shops on both sides and more like shoppy shops because Castle Combe has stuff on both sides, and it's really beautiful, but there's more inns and houses and small, like there's a picnic basket one, and it's so cool because you go to this window, and you talk to this woman, and you buy a picnic basket, and she gives it to you with food, and then you go find a place to eat it. The town that I was in, there was like, I think I counted, there were five bookstores, maybe between three and five bookstores. They were all used books. They all went to different charitable donations when you made purchases. So Goodwill, the Heart Association, it was really, really neat. And they had a bunch of clothing stores and stuff. And there was this little coffee shop. So one of the books that I ended up picking up was Meet Me in London by Georgia Tofolo. And that's the first book I'm going to give you a review of. Super cute. Loved the characters. It was years ago. It's what I would have called like a fluffy little romance. Since getting into romance, dark romance, and other kinds of books, I have found more of an appreciation for them once I started reading them. It was like anything else. uh, Until you really try it, you shouldn't judge it. So this book was really cute. I loved it. There's actually three other books It's a four-book series, and it features four best friends. So the first one is about the one girl who is a fashion designer. She teaches. She's a bartender. She meets this guy. She thinks he's a jerk, as it turns out. He's not quite a jerk, but he does need someone to pose as his fiance. Lo and behold, spoiler alert, they fall in love. And I would say Meet Me in London was super cute. I recommend it. I don't know if I'm going to read the other ones in the series, but this one I definitely enjoyed. The next book I read was How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey. I wanted to love this book. I wanted this to be a four or five star book. I found that it was only a three star book, give or take. The storyline was there. I liked the plot twist. There were just some parts that I felt got not a little redundant, but it just... I don't I don't know how to exactly put my finger on it, but I thought it was interesting. I thought she was funny. The main character was humorous and I appreciated her humor. Maybe it was because she just couldn't let like, go of a wrong or an injustice, but I'm not, I can't quite put my finger on it. The next book we're going to talk about is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. So I know that people had mixed reviews. Some people loved people we meet on vacation. Other people loved beach reads. I'm one of those that loved book lovers. Book lovers spoke to me on a very deep level. I finished this book and carried it. First of all, I finished this book sobbing. Then I walked around the house carrying it and refused to put it down. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just, it was, I was so engrossed and attached to it. It has the enemies to lovers kind of plot, not in like a dark romance sense, but in like a we hate each other and it's over a miscommunication. The actual plot of the book consists of a literary agent who has a client. Her first novel was, like, this big to-do. The literary agent's sister is obsessed with this town and is having some kind of, like, life crisis. So the literary agent and her sister go to this small town where she runs into Charlie, who's her mortal enemy. They end up bonding. Spoiler alert, they find very strong feelings for each other. But... There's small town romance and there's I have a big city career and it's just really interesting to see what unfolds of that. I actually didn't 100% see the plot twist coming so it was really neat. I really loved it. It spoke to me on a lot of levels. I can only just keep repeating that it's amazing and you should read it. One more thing about book lovers and then we can actually transition. I think one of the things I loved most about book lovers, it was unexpected. For me, it was so unexpected to have these characters and have me fall so much in love with all of them and to be so moved by the storytelling and the setting. And it just really spoke to me. Um, I had never really been one for romances or things like that. At least I thought I wasn't. And this one was one of those truly impactful, opened my eyes to the fact that there are really amazing books out there, even if they're billed as just silly romances or if people would say, oh, it's a romance and like, Fabio's not on the cover, but it's a romance and it's a book that just spoke so much to my heart. The character development, the life experiences of these characters, the way the story was set up. Did it have some cheesy moments? Yeah, it did. But you know what? I just read a dark romance that still had some cheesy moments. And I just read a fantasy book. And I'm actually reading currently a book that was written in the 1700s. And it's a gothic horror book. And there's some cheese in there, too. So cheese apparently is easy to come by, not just in refrigerators. But it was an absolute joy and pleasure to read book lovers. It touched me on such a deep level Maybe it was a preconceived notion, maybe, of, like, what romances should be. Maybe it was just knowing that, like, the people who read books like this, like my mom and my cousin, they liked that light, fluffy kind of vibe and they didn't love the same books that I loved. But you know what? My preconceived notions were wrong. I really... Have found that I enjoy a good romance. I enjoy a dark romance better, but I think that says more about me as a human being than anything else. I think all the books have merits. Honing in on this concept of a preconceived notion, it actually brings us to the last part of this podcast, or at least the way I want to set it up the no one is safe moment. So, actually, every month on Tuesdays, I put out new short stories. In October, I was still doing one short story a month as opposed to four, and the one that I released was In Her Own Backyard. It opens with a, I'm going to say hoity-toity, entitled woman who just throws her money on the countertop and then storms away in a huff. What I wanted from this podcast was to talk about my inspirations for writing, and so to give you a little more background, I just left the chiropractor's office that I've worked at for a full 18 years. However, I still plan on popping in. I actually have a couple of pre-planned visits to work and also see all my patients that I've come to know and love. And also get myself an adjustment because my chiropractor is the best chiropractor. Well, where I got the idea for that woman was actually a patient because she was having a day. She is fun, bubbly. She's a nice woman. She's a boss. And I mean that in she owns her own business. She is out there making things happen. She's a mom. She's beautiful and in shape. But you know what? She was having a bad day. She was having a very bad day and she just happened to like toss her money on the counter. It wasn't at me. It wasn't in anger. It was just the result of when you're having a bad day and nothing's quite going right and you go to do something and it comes out wrong. And in the back of my brain, I saw this happen and I looked at her and I tried to be as objective as possible. She has the highlights, the extensions, the long hair, the very, very set in-makeup face, the fake nails, the cute workout outfit, the cinched waist, the whole everything you could imagine an entitled, extravagant woman who you would see on a Bravo show. She has it. She has it all. And that's kind of where I looped in with the preconceived notions because I know this woman. She's been a patient for a while and she's nice and she's kind. Like I said, it was just a bad day. So the inspiration for In Her Own Backyard is this imagined version, this taking what she looks on the outside and the fact that she, like, quote unquote, threw her money onto the counter, even though it wasn't meant like that. But that's what I base this story on is imagining if she did mean it, if she was this woman. And so that's where the inspiration for her own backyard came from. You can read it on my website, elizabethskazari.com. It is our first no one is safe moment, and it kind of encapsulates whether I've known you a million years, if I don't know you at all, if we just lock eyes and have an exchange of sorts, or if I just see you In passing, there's definitely some that are in passing, and you'll get to hear those in future episodes. It just goes to show you that no one is just one hobby. No one is just one thing. No matter who you are or what you're doing, if there's a writer in your life or in your proximity, you might not be safe. And this podcast, which is going to take us through my solo trips, my travel, my book reviews, the books I've read, the books I've loved some of the books I've written, the short stories I've written, and the inspiration for those. I am more than one thing, although I am definitely something, because no one is just one thing. No one is just one hobby. And in my world, no one is safe. Hope to see you next week for next week's episode. And until then, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to No One Is Safe. This podcast, just like my writing, means so much to me, and I am so thankful for everyone on the journey. If you've enjoyed episodes so far, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and reviewing wherever you get your favorite podcasts. To read my short stories, go to elizabethscazzari.com. You can also sign up for the newsletter, which will provide you access to one exclusive short story a month. You can also follow me on Instagram at Author. I hope that all of the content I provide you with brings you joy, as well as a certain level of uncertainty, maybe even some chills. Thank you so much again for being on this journey with me. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Just remember, no one is safe.